Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. That's right, you don't want no problems with us. This is Benita Asset, and you are tuned in to the P-O-E-T, People of Extraordinary Talent Radio. And this is the Conscious Thoughts Thursdays. You have called in because you are a conscious brother or sister. Matter of fact, from now on, I'm not even calling you brothers and sisters. I will call you warriors from now on because that is what you are. You are with us tonight, and I am so happy that you're here. The reason that we are here tonight, though, is because... For years and years and years, you've always heard somebody talk about that talk. They talk the talk, they talk the talk, but are they able to walk the walk? What say you? I wonder. Let me tell you a couple stories of me, myself, how I feel as if I've been able to walk that walk. I have my um, brother, May. He is on his way. He is coming in the house, and when he gets here, then he, too, will have some stories about how he's able to walk that walk. When you are faced with criticism, when you are faced with adversity, when you are faced with troubling times, what happens is that you have to make a decision. You have to make a choice. And is that choice going to be one that is of courage, strength, confidence, or is it going to be one of passiveness, um, allowing people to walk over you just going along to get along. You understand what I'm saying, people? So there have been many, 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 many times in my life where there has been somebody in my atmosphere that has asked me to do X, and I didn't want to do X. And so then I had to make a decision to do something the way I had to follow my heart and follow my spirit 
and it's and it took courage. It absolutely did take courage. And so I appreciate those moments and times in my life. And I'm sure you all, each and every one of you, have a story that you can tell about a time in your life when you was able to, you know, stand up and have that courage. Now, the reason that I played Chance the Rapper for the very first segment of our show tonight is because Chance the Rapper, in my opinion, is one of those people who takes courage. He was a, as a person, a rapper, an artist, instead of going to a label and allowing a label to just make all of the money and allowing the able to tell him what he going to sing, what they want him to sing, he took the he took the courage to go ahead and put his music out for free and just trust that the people would support it, and we absolutely have. He's on SoundCloud. You can download the whole album for free. It's there if you want it. All right, I'm going to cycle through the callers real quick and do a check-in and find my host. I know he's out there somewhere, so we're going to cycle through the callers first. We got we're going to, hi, how are you? You are currently on POET Radio with Benita Osset on Conscious Thoughts Thursdays. Have you ever had to have courage? Yes or no? Hey, Big Mike, is that you still? Yeah, it's me on Hey, Big Mike, have you ever had to have courage? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right, Big Mike, hold on, tune in. We're going to come back and listen to your story of courage. So you get your courage story together, okay? All right. What say you, caller? Warrior, my warrior on the other line. Hey, little sister, how are you? Hey, how you doing, Brother Michael? Have you um, had courage in your life? Is there times when you feel like you've had to utilize the courage deep down inside you? You know, your your lion had to come out? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, Brother Michael, now we know where you're at. Okay, we're moving on. All right, warrior, what say you? Have you had to have courage in your life? Oh, uh, no doubt. Peace, family. Hey, there's my warrior brother right there. That's Maine, y'all. He going to help me with tonight's broadcast. Maine, my co-host. All right, brother. We um, What is your story about courage? Do you have a story about courage? Oh, I got plenty of stories about courage. Well, remember uh, how um, before we had come up with the topic for tonight's show, uh, remember I was saying that we, you know how those people, they have that walk the walk, but then they don't talk, they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. So they're not really putting forth the action. So what are some of the things, the actions that you've had to take in which you've utilized your courage in order to get there? Well, currently one is, you know, I got a, a bad know myself story too. You know, I'm it's it's in the middle of the story, so you know, um, you know, I kinda left that that corporate well, I can't say I totally left the corporate environment, but I left like that nine to five with the forty one K and all the securities because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I wanna make it on you know, I wanna make it on my own. I wanna I don't want to. I don't want all that security of, um, you know, like, like that that cushy job, the forty one k. I want to, you know, I want it, you know, in the sense that I can I can deal without that. So I put myself in a position while I was while I was decent, and I let it go. And now, you know, like I say, the story is in the middle, so I can't, you know, 
claim ultimate success right now, but I'm balanced right now, you know, and I, and I realize I don't need I don't need as much as I did. So, you know, working it, I'm working it in the middle, but uh, it it takes a lot of courage just to stand where I'm at to make any of those moves. So, you know, that's one. You know, that's, that's one. Absolutely story. right, brother. We have had. Um, so many times people have called in and suggested that having your own business is a solution to some of our problems, rebuilding black businesses and having your own black business. And so you starting one and letting the plantation go in order to start your own business is absolutely going to take some courage. You know, there's things that you're going to have to do without. Like I know for me right now, having to switch from or transition from that to something to one of my own, unfortunately I'm not in that position right now, but it's definitely a place where I hope to be one day, and I and it's and I don't I don't know if it's um courage that's causing me not to it, it might be it might be a little fears that's causing me not to move forward in that direction. Um, it could also be that I'm a pragmatist most of the time, and so I'm you know thinking oh but what about this you know what about benefits what about retirement package what about you know um, what if my children get sick and so on and so on and so then I I guess if I would at least stop being lazy and do the research to answer those questions, and I might be able to move a lot faster. Well, let's go on to somebody else. Um, is this Lord Brian? Are you on the air with us now? I think Lord Brian is out there. We here. Don't... I'm here. I'm here. Hallelujah. How you doing, Lord Brian? I am doing good, sister. How you doing? I'm well. Well, you know you on. Um, Conscious Thoughts Thursdays with Benita Arset, and tonight we're talking about action, courageous action, and we want you to get your story together for courageous action. We're going to cycle back through. We're just saying our hellos right now. I'm sure you've okay. got a story, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I can, a uh, couple you, things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a couple stories you can come up with, a time when, yeah. you know, you were faced with uh, adversity and you made the decision to go the righteous way and it ended up taking you some courage we're interested in that story we're going to come back to you okay all right we're going to go back through our callers man you got anything else that you think needs to be said before we go through the callers um no go ahead through first and uh okay all back. right i just want to check in with you make sure everything's respectable between us okay we're going to go back to um brother mike big mike is that you out there brother Or is that um who who who's on the line right there? Yeah, that, yeah, I'm still here, baby. I'm here. Okay, all right. Well, I got you muted, so you you don't have to mute yourself if you like. Okay. All right. So, what's some story? What's your story? What's your courageous action that you've had to? My yeah, courageous action lying. is having the courage to accept my financial setback. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I went from being like anywhere from uh, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year to I mean, I'm not gonna give how much I'm getting now, but it's a <laughs> major hit mm-hmm. in my life. And I accepted it. The courage to accept the change in my life, like ninety nine percent, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's to accept that was a real real energetic spirit, you know, that the maker put upon me to, I'm going to tell you, it's like I'm not missing a beat. I mean, I can't get the things I used to, you know, I'm getting the things I need, not what I want. 
And uh, it has humbled me to the fact where I'm, I'm very, I'm very uh, pleasant and, and happy with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm dealing with it. The courage to accept. That's what I'm saying. I have the courage to accept the change that has happened in my life. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you have got the courage to accept the differences that you've had to be com- that you've been confronted with. All right. Thanks That's for sharing right. that. We gonna move on to the next person. Okay. All right. Is this brother Michael? Warrior Michael, are you on the line? Yes, ma'am. How are you? I'm well. How you doing? I'm good. By the grace of God. Man, have you ever faced a lion? You know, maybe um, you know, like for me, I think sometimes in my head I start thinking about people at work, people out the front on the street, so-called friends sometimes. But I don't know. It might be different for you. Yes, ma'am, beloved. But um, early on in my career, you know what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, after I made my probation as a, a rookie, um, the situation as you were talking and the brothers was talking, it made me think about some things about that situation that I never really thought about until now. But um, my rookie year, roll up on a call to assist some of a couple of other people, mainly Caucasians, and I was the only brother on, um, on the call. And they were they were bothering this one business owner. They was trying to shut this one business owner down because uh, at the time the city was trying to get that property, and it was a brother who owned it. However, the Caucasian uh, officers and supervisors talked to this uh, this guy all type of ways and what have you. And I said something about it. Mm. And um, once I said something about it, you know, I let them. The uh, proprietor knows, you know, and I'm here. I'm a witness. Whatever you want to roll with this. Long story short, um, they pulled me to the side. The officer um, the supervisor pulled me to the side said, if this thing go to court, what side you was going to stand on? And I told him. And from that day until they actually left, um, you know, they tried to tie my file up and or what have you. What was disappointing, this is the part I thought about. What was disappointing was to me was I was willing to stand for the brother who willing to sacrifice my career who never did nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Never lodged a complaint, never did nothing about it, but, you know. So you stuck your neck out for somebody else and then they never acknowledged it? Is that what I'm hearing you say? They never did nothing for themselves in that situation. Mm-hmm. How, they, how mm-hmm. they dealt with him and dealt dealt with him and treated him, he had a very good lawsuit, um, but he never did anything about it. So put your neck on somebody, fighting for somebody who ain't fighting for themselves. That's happened to me many times. I remember when I served on this board, and um, they made a promise to all of us that they weren't going to um, spend our money without asking us. And then they just made an announcement where they spent our money without asking us. And even though it didn't affect me, I raised my hand and said in the normal way that I say things, um, you made a promise to us that you weren't going to do this. This seriously affects people. And what's going to happen if the people 
you know, like you you spending the money off on their credit card. What if they don't have that money? Or what if they needed that money for something else? But I noticed that those people who were affected, they weren't standing up to say anything. It was me, you know. So absolutely, my warrior brother friend, I really appreciate you for sharing that. That gives the um all other people some good examples of courageous action. And it could be as little as it could be something little, and it could be something really big. Um, some sometimes courageous action is stepping up in front of the a police officer saying no, not today. You know, and and that could be very, you know, that could be a, a very hard thing to do because it could be very scary. And um, so, thanks, thanks a lot, brother. I'm gonna go on to the um the next caller. We have uh, um Chicago. You're on the call. You're with um Benita Asset on Conscious Thoughts Radio. What say you? Hello. Yes. Okay. This is uh Terrence. Hi, Terrence. How are you doing tonight? Thank you so much for calling in. I'm good. I apologize for my my lateness. You feel like you're tardy? Yeah, I I, I tried to get through, but, you know, um, I'm just catching the the end of this this, uh, discussion. Okay, so listen, all I need you to do, Terrence, thank you so much for saying hello. I'm going to come back to you, okay? Uh, Okay. When you're listening to the other people calling in, this is... I want you to start thinking of your story. Like, has there been a time when you faced adversity? And when that um, situation presented itself to you, how did you handle it? And did it require courage for you to do what you needed to do? Okay, bro, we're moving on. All right, we're going to come next. We're going to go to Chicago, you on the air. And then next we're going to go to New Mexico. Carla, warrior. What say you? And if you want to just listen, you can just say, "Hey, I'm just listening. I don't, I don't even need to say anything." Benita. Yes. This your man. Can you come back to me? I'm, I'm still thinking. You're still thinking. Well, I appreciate your honesty. Thanks for saying hello to all of you. Say hi. Wave your hands to everybody. Greetings, greetings, everybody. Greetings, greetings. Greetings to Jermaine, y'all. Okay, we're going to New Mexico. New Mexico. I bet you that's my sister. Who is Good that? evening. Yes, I don't, <laughs> I don't really have anything to say. I'm just listening in right now. You don't have any courageous stories that you want to share with the people of facing adversity? Oh, man. Um. Uh, you probably got 15 million because I know this. I know who you are. This is my sister, y'all. This is my biological, my sister from New Mexico. I can share, I can share my courageous story that has been happening to me at work um, because I feel like I have finally gotten through it. Okay. Um, this week at work, I finally. Um, so I guess my courageous story is I work for a nonprofit organization who is um, our main goal is to have anti-racism conversations and to um, provide social services to communities of color here in New Mexico. And um, I started having some really uh, what I felt was very racial interactions with one of my staff people because 
when I would um, have a conversation with her about her not doing such a good job at work, um, her response to that would always be to racially stereotype me, right, saying things like, well, you're really, really angry, and the things that you're saying to me are bullying me. And so um, for a really long time, I just kind of let that go, but then started really thinking, you know, if we're an anti-racism organization, then we have to spend time internally as well as externally, right? We can't just have anti-racism conversations in the community if what's happening inside our organization is the same. Absolutely. So um, I had the conversation with her. I first talked to members on my board and particularly one person on my board who is um, her, her area of expertise is intercultural dialogue. And so she and I worked together to really um, form kind of some very, to phrase it, right, so that I didn't go in and I didn't call um, my employee a racist, right, that would, <laughs> you know, really set things off. And, um, and I framed it, you know, in the I statements that we're always told we should frame things and then really put it back on, I understand that your intentions were to be um, for you to find your voice and for you to say things, but the impact was this, right? So Mm -hmm. um, the words we finally came up with were to say, for me to say to her is that I know that you're a really good person and I know that you have every intention of um, being true to your beliefs and being um, open and honest um, and but I also want you to know that some of the things that you say uh, create in me a feeling of being race racialized, right? And so that when you say to me um, that I am bullying you, that makes me feel like you're um, sit, relying on racist stereotypes of the angry black woman, and that's not um, positive for our relationship. And it's really making me feel like um, we're not having a positive uh, internal dialogue, right? So we had that conversation. I wish the conversation had gone that quickly. (laughs) Um, So the conversation went uh, for a long time. And throughout that conversation, there was a lot of um, tears on her side. And I ended the conversation saying to her, I cannot continue to have this conversation because when you cry like that, I have been trained as a black woman in this world that when a white woman is crying those tears, that in order for me to protect myself, I have to shut down my feelings and silence myself. Otherwise, the rest of the world is going to wonder why I'm going after you. you. Right, exactly. Exactly. So um, I'm going to end this conversation, and, you know, you can come back and talk to me when you can have this conversation without crying. Without and crying. So, um, so she left. Um, she had to leave. It was my office, right? So I was like, you know, conversation over, get out of my office. And so um, she left, and about a week later, she never did come back to me and say she needed to have more of that conversation, but about a week later, she put in her resignation, and um, I was fine with that. I said, thank you very much. I accept your resignation. Um, and she put, she gave a month's notice and for the whole next month decided um, to really try and take the program that she was leading 
to another organization. Um, I, you know, the only word that I can use to describe what she did is that she was running a coup. You know, I know that sounds very, like, politically and militarized, but, I mean, she really did try to dismantle our organization by taking all of our clients and taking the program to another um, organization. And so the ramifications of that have been, you know, very seriously financially for our organization. A lot of um, what's been, right, you know, New Mexico is a very small community, so there's a lot of talk within the nonprofit community about, you know, who's right and who's wrong and who's doing the ethical thing and who's not doing the ethical thing. And um, so there's been a lot of fallout from that, um, and it resulted in, um, me having to really navigate some systems that I wasn't really prepared to navigate, um, you know, based on this conversation, right? Having to talk to um, the states, having to talk to my board members, having to talk to a bunch of different people who really shouldn't have been part of this conversation. Well, you, um, you're bringing up something like, so necessary for us as a people. You know, we have a lot of different people on the call, and um, some some of our people within this call are folks who are working for all kinds of different, I keep saying using the word plantation, but a more appropriate term might be corporations or systems, um, institutions, that their main framework is, Racism, you know, they're just institutionally racist, and that's just how it is in this country. And so it's very, very difficult for us to stand up for self, family, friends, advocacy, um, or the people that we serve. Yeah. And so you've given us some, like, I'm really glad this is recorded because I'm going to need to rewind this and rewind this and rewind and write that down and then rewind and then write that down because I am experiencing the exact same thing. Um, ironically, though, it's not with the white woman. It's with the black woman who is accusing me of being aggressive. Mm -hmm. So, like, she's literally running the tattle. So that, you know, I'm definitely dealing with that, and I don't think I handled it well. I just definitely didn't take the the um you know the nice approach that you had like my approach was very i think i just said well if i knew you this is literally i'm talking like this to her in front of the boss if i knew you was going to run and tattle i wouldn't have approached you like that you know what i'm saying so i don't think that was very effective you know what i'm saying so i i definitely need to take a page out of your book my warrior sister i really appreciate you is it okay if i move on to the next person yes Yes, okay, thank you. Hold on. We're going to come back to you. All right, we're going to move on to another one of our callers. Um, let's see here. I, I think this might be Jermaine. If this, Jermaine, if this is you, then I'll come back to you. I'm sorry, bro. Um, my my no, board is, is on little. No, this is, no, this is Maine. Cool. Oh, how you get? How do I lose you? Okay, all right, Maine. So hold on. I was like, I thought maybe you went to sleep on me. <laughs> No, nah, I got muted out. It's all good. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, bro. Um, but, hey, um, you know, I just um, unmute. I am muted. Somebody, what you want to respond to? Um, you know, me. New Mexico. Okay, what you want to say? Uh, well, hello. Mhm. Yeah. Well, I don't want to make a response, but you know, since we uh, since we got that far with the conversation, and we've um, and we got mostly everybody's story. You know, I know we still got the brother that's uh, loading up. But um, 
Let's see if we can take it uh, to another direction. Okay. All right. So now, so now that we got everybody's story about you know something they've done courageous to get them to this point, um, let's go forward and, and let's let's see what it takes. What courageous steps? What courageous actions can we take to change our current situation? A lot of the past situations had to do with, you know, from what I heard was. Uh, had to do with self, um, just just defining self, defining your own narrative. Like, you know, in these jobs, we, we you know, even you're talking about you couldn't even use your voice right. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. we've had issues where, you know, we can't wear our natural hair. We can't, you know, we uh, we just don't feel nothing native in, uh, in this, in, you know, basically an, envi- in an environment where we're working for white supremacists. You know, what we just tolerate it. Um, you know, um the system in general is you know, it's not for us. You got all laws and everything against us. You know, the police out here doing all type of wicked stuff to us. So right now you know Hello? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm running through. I was hearing some background. I had to figure out where that was coming from. I'm sorry, bro. Go All ahead. Right. So, so right now we got a lot of challenges where, the, um, you know, just being courageous is a is a process where it's a it's a process of a cutting a cutting the layers of fear. You know, you got to go through the layers of fear, and you got to. I think it's a at least a three step process where you know first. You have to make a decision that you want different, that you want to change. And most of the time, you know, you get fed up with the way things are, just like we fed up with a lot of a lot of the ways things are going on right now. So we make a so first we have to make a decision, then we gotta you know make plan you know make a plan, and then we go into action. Sometimes all that could happen at once, you know, mm-hmm. with something just boils so hard you just react. But we don't want to react. We want to. We want to talk about some of the current things right now. You know, how do we deal courageously deal with white supremacy? Like, what? What do? What? Let's just put it like this. What are we doing right now? Or what are we right that we're doing right now that we that takes a lot of courageous steps to deal with white supremacy? Okay. So I want to, so I want to hear from the family. What, what, okay. What? All right. Well, well, we'll just cycle through the people. We're going to start with um, Lord Brian. Lord Brian, um, I don't think you got a chance to tell us your courageous story. So if you could, you know, as yeah. quickly as uh, yeah. uh, uh Kind of following what the one brother said, when I was a rookie cop, uh was was actually part of a riot. Um, it all basically happened during a Father MC concert at Western Michigan University. Mm-hmm. And to kind of not tell a long story, um, one guy had thrown a chair at another guy, mm. and so the the fighting kind of went outside, and I was kind of trying to figure out what happened. And so I finally found out who the guy was, and the other people were like, there he goes. And, you know, I start to go to chase the guy while I'm wearing all this equipment, and about 20 guys beat me to him. And so not thinking, I just kind of run to the middle, start fighting all these people. I had one other cop, and he he followed right after me. And we're fighting these 20 people, the two of us. And I noticed that uh, he was using this nightstick. I was just punching people. And I, I dropped my nightstick, and I, uh, everyone froze. And these people waited for me to pick up my nightstick, and then a guy rushed me, and I started, you know, fighting them. And then the other cop 
called, I think it was a code 21 or something, which meant we needed help, and uh, some people helped us. But like what the brother just said about, um, you know, how can we be courageous in white supremacy, I mean, that's a daily stand for some people because some people have to look at it, you know, daily. I mean, how many of us go into these schools and we see white supremacy pushed through these schools? You know, you see the posters on the walls. You look at the books. You know, this is a system that creates white supremacy from kindergarten. Mm-hmm. You know, and so th- this is, you know, something that, that we have to be courageous to face every day. And it's, it's how to attack the system because my, my ex told me, she was like, well, you don't even like Europeans. And I'm like, it's not that I don't like Europeans. I don't like white supremacy and the system right. of white supremacy. Right. And, you know, I'd say, I, I feel sorry. I'm sorry to you if I put that burden to make you feel like when I bring these things up that I'm actually talking to you because I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about the system, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like, you know, I talked about Gematri last week. You know, they, mm-hmm. even, they even created the word, um, uh, what is it, uh, white, what do you call it, uh, when, when, when white privilege. That's something they even came up with. Mm-hmm. That ain't something we came up with. They came up with that to try to, to speak to, like, like those people out in, what, Oregon that just got acquitted? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Those people in Oregon that took over that, that, that federal land and they just got acquitted, what, yesterday, today? Mm-hmm. You know? Now, now, where can we go with guns, shoot off 1,600 rounds, take a federal property, and yet we get, you know, and get acquitted for, for, for that kind of defensive action against the federal government? Exactly. When will we be allowed to do that? We'd never be allowed to do that. You know, so, so if you look at, at what white supremacy is, you know, that, <laughs> that's, that's it right there. So each and every time we're confronted with something like that, then, like Maine said, we have to make a, a decision, a plan, and then execute some kind of action. And, Indeed. Um, and like you, what I'm hearing you say, Warrior Ryan, is that um, – what I'm hearing you say, Lord Brian, is that we need to sometimes have to deal with that monkey on a daily basis, and because we know well in advance that we can't get away with the things that they are able to get away with. Indeed. Is, Indeed. Is there anything else you would like to add with that, so we can go and ask the question about the white supremacist question to other callers who are dealing? No, with no, them? please, please do if you want to come back to me. But please, I'd like to hear what everybody has to say. Thank you so much okay. for the time. All right. We're moving along to the callers. Is this Jermaine? Uh, yes, ma'am. How are you? Okay, brother. I'm doing well. How are you? Yes. Warrior Jermaine. You know the other guy's name is Jermaine too. Who's helping okay. me out with the um, my co-host? We call him Bane, though. Right. How do, <laughs> how do I deal with white supremacy in the form of racism? Well, my ultimate goal once I leave the house is to get back home. And I'm going to do any and everything that I possibly can except for compromise my spirituality and my morality. No, um, Do you feel that it takes courage for you to leave the house, knowing that you're going to be out there dealing with this? Absolutely it does. It takes a lot of courage because the world is a, is a cesspool, particularly for black men. 
I mean, it's, I feel like it's a target on my back, and I have to be mindful of that at all times. So what are the natural steps that you take each and every day? What are your courageous steps that you take in order to still continue to maintain a, a decent livelihood and handle it? I'm, I'm, I'm mindful how I talk to people and how I treat people. Okay. Because if I, I could say the wrong thing, my, I mean, I'm a very passionate man, mm-hmm. and naturally, because of that, my voice will rise, will rise. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to. I don't want anybody to think that I'm trying to intimidate them in any kind of way. So mm-hmm. I have to be mindful of, of of my voice. You know, I'm I'm just a very passionate person. Can I um, let me? I want to ask you something and share a quick story at the same time. I'm standing in the line at the Walgreens. And I see um, the brother standing in front of me. He was buying some alcohol. And then the lady, the the person on the register, she asked for his ID. She said, I need to swipe it. I'm like, swipe it? Like, why do you have to? So she had to put his ID on the thing, and she had to literally swipe his ID just because he was purchasing alcohol. And I'm like, is that typical? Do you all have to go through that each and every time? Is that something that's only happened to black men? Because I don't ever remember them swiping my ID to buy alcohol. Is, is that a question you posing to me, sister? I'm, I'm like, is that have you or do you you might not I, even I, drink I alcohol? I don't, I don't, no, I don't. I don't drink. Well, okay. Well, and I, and I think, but the reason that I'm saying it in response to what I'm hearing you say is because that image popped in my head because I'm thinking. Because you said that you 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 remain mindful almost at all times, and I'm thinking that a lot of black men, for instance, it did not bother this brother, not at all. He had a very kind of very calm, maybe even a little solemn state that went along with it, and he just handed over his ID. He just let her swipe it. He did not ask any questions. He just accepted the fact that it's um a little something extra that goes along with it. Maybe maybe that wasn't his first time. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Maybe it wasn't his first time. Maybe it was something and, black, and black men, it's never your first time when you're dealing with racism. Absolutely. All right, Brother Jermaine, thank you so much for responding. I'm going to move on to the next person. We have um right here, we're going to go back to Big Mike. Big Mike, you still on the call? Big Mike um, may have muted his phone. If he did, then we can come back to him. We can go next to um, right here. Is this Brother Mike? We got two mics right next to each other. We got Big Mike and we got um, Brother Mike. Hello? You are on the air. I can hear you. Okay. That was a beautiful thing that I brought the post um, as far as what are we doing in current times? And I'll be real brief, beloved. Um, I thank you for the opportunity to speak on your show. Um, I, I'm just going to lay it out on the line real quick. <clears throat> Every day I get up and I ask myself a question. Would I rather live as a sheep a thousand years or one day as a man, I mean as a lion? And I choose to live as a lion. Now, um, you know my profession. I'm a law enforcement. I'm a top administration in law enforcement. However, being in that, I'm also a member of the Nation of Islam. And being having that a couple with who um, I'm, I'm close to as far as city official, 
I mean, I had outside agencies come um, to me a couple of times and bring me in or what have you, had my whole dossier, um, me being in the nation and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, when you fight, and most of the times when we fight, beloved, we have to pick our fights and we have to, we have to pick how to fight. See, sometimes how we fight can do a disservice to the actual cause. And with that being said, somebody fighting foolishly, you know, even though the cause might be righteous, you might do it, uh, discredit the cause itself. So you got to learn how to fight. But at the end of the day, um, beloved, if you don't fight, and this is just my personal position, if you don't fight, doesn't mean you're not going to get whooped, meaning that the fight still exists. So if you choose to ignore the fight, it doesn't mean it's not there. It's just you chose to lay down the fight and you chose to be the victim or you uh, chose to be oppressed. Now, um, I heard the brother say about the Caucasian. You know, the Caucasian is real. He's a real enemy. But the other enemy that we have to be able to combat is the Caucasian that's in our brothers and sisters. The mindset that I, the Caucasian impregnated with our brothers and sisters who sometimes actively work harder than the actual European against us. To be pleasing to be pleasing to the Caucasian or what have you. So that's another fight within itself, trying to fight your brother who I'm, I'm trying to tell you, brother, I'm your brother, but at the end of the day, you take on somebody else's fight as to try to improve them at the same time. They see us the same, but they're glad that I don't have to put on my gloves. You will fight the fight for me. So every day is a challenge, and and we got to challenge ourselves every day, especially for those of us who are working in these plantations. Financial freedom is the key, and we must be able to take the stance and say, you know what, what am I going to do to provide financial wealth for me and my future and my, um, and my generations behind me? And sometimes it takes courage to walk off of security or what have you. But in the process, still away if you're on that plantation. Still away sometimes. Still away your money. And put that time and money and resources to build something for you and your people. That's all I want to say. Okay, okay, okay. We're going to move on. I think we got here Brother Mike. We got Brother Mike and we got um, Big Mike. And I don't know. This me again. Say that again. That's me again. That's you again? Okay. Yeah. I, I think I may have. Um, all right. Hello, hello, hello. Yo, it's hard on them boards, huh? Okay, look, I need to take a picture of this and send it to everybody. I'm looking <laughs> at, like, the same thing over and over gotcha. and over again. It's like Illinois, 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 and it doesn't tell me and who you are. We're going to find the courage to find a way. <laughs> To get some numbers on this damn on this board. I think that I think what it is is I'm gonna let you um run the board next week. <laughs> uh, I need I need to accept I need to take the I need to take steps to the courage to accept that this may not be my area of strength. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm making a decision not to have courage right now. It's a, it's a cowardness. Well, I do know this. The people who are from in an, in another state, I can see them clear. They come oh, through clear. It's like, you know, so I see 
um, Pennsylvania out there. I'm wondering if Pennsylvania might want to say something. Our brother hey, Terrence, he that, said that he wanted to say that, something too. Hmm? Before that, yeah. So what the brother just said, you know, he, he did it exactly. Like, you know, it takes a lot of courage. And he pointed out financial freedom to get off the plantation. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'm that's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. What are you what are you what is the current thing you're dealing with right now to combat white supremacy? What 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 is the strategy that you're in the process of right now that you that, that takes how are you fighting right now? It takes courage because anytime we do anything for ourselves, whether it's just you know, like I was saying, even just just trying to dress African, just doing anything, wearing a beard, wearing your natural hair, um, speaking how you want to speak, how you naturally speak is 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 rebellious. Why yeah. is that? So, what are you doing right now to fight white supremacy? And what's some of the steps? What's the courageous steps you're taking right now? What's what that, what what layer in the onion are you at? And maybe we can discuss some strategies right now. That as a people takes a lot of courage. Like, you know, what, I just what unmuted you, the what, caller. What, Will you please what do answer? What you really need to do? I just unmuted the caller. Will you please answer Spain's question? What is that we're doing right now? Who is that? Who is that? Hello? Hi, how are you? Yes, ma'am. Okay, is that, Ter- is that Terrence? No, this is Mike. Oh. How you doing, Mike? I'm all right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, to answer the brother question, um, right now, I'm currently I'm currently building a website right now to create my own business. I've been helping a lot of people in business and flourish, and at this time, I'm currently creating my own business um, online. Um, since I've been off of work um, due to some some other things, some illnesses. Um, I'm currently online trying to build my own um, company. And in it, I'm trying to solicit the help of some of my brothers and sisters who are skilled in the area of website design and uh, and um, and marketing uh, as far as getting my brand out there. So uh, I'm working. Um, I put a pen right now and helping others build their their brand and their name. I'm getting a little selfish right now to build mine. Okay. What'd you say, Maine? Are you comfortable with his answer? Or you feel like he's, did you feel like he's doing enough? Oh, no. Whatever you're doing, it's an individual battle. You know, oh, okay. I'm tell you what. Well, this ain't is. no competition. We not. There's oh, no, not a no, persuasive not argument going on right now. Everybody, a, every, you know, we need people to fight on different levels. Like, every, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you know, a few weeks ago, I had talked about like, you know, like an all-in strategy to keep, continue to put pressure, you know, on it, like from every angle. So, if you're a scholar, you know, write write books against white supremacy. You know, if you if just in fashion, do African fashion, like just. Continue to put pressure until you know we control the narrative. That's the battle to control the narrative. Oh. So that brother is taking you know positive steps to control the narrative. You know he's he's trying to he's he's putting websites where you know we don't have to rely on somebody else's control. 
you know, you know, or rules to uh, do what we need to do. And that's what we that's what we got to do in every every area. Okay. All right, I'm going to go to another Illinois caller. Illinois caller, if this is um if you hear the sound that says you've been unmuted, please share with us how you are feeling about this whole situation. Peace. This is uh this is Terrence. Oh, I don't know if y'all found you. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to talk about. I mean, it's a lot of things that we're talking about, and we're talking about racism. We're talking about courage. We're talking about um, being in this country, the United States. Um, I, I, it'd be great to probably hear from someone out of the country to see what their views are and things like that. Um, I guess I want to start. I wanted to say my my thing as far as pertaining to my own personal thing, but uh, I don't I don't want to be selfish as far as speaking as far as only my my particular situations or whatever. Um, as far as dealing with racism, we we basically know if you don't know how it got started, uh, dealing with. Hello? I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go I, ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. In and out. That's fine. <clears throat> um, but racism and, and dealing with the competition. Basically, it, it, racism is basically a competition, just like a race that you run. It's a competition. Right. And we didn't we didn't choose for it to be a competition. When people ask me, "Am I racist?" Actually, I tell them I can't be. I didn't start this race. I didn't I didn't necessarily start this race. If you throw someone in a race. That don't mean that they want to race. Mm-hmm. So we deal with the everyday life of something that we didn't choose, if y'all, if y'all follow that. Right. So I don't look at me being in a competition. I deal with my life and what I'm here on this earth for, and I do the best at it. I look I look at every day like it's my last day. As far as the squad to have the courage to deal with those things, I also look at if I walk in a dark room and you don't know something, which a lot of our people do not know, and a lot of us are blind, deaf, and dumb, that we don't know things. Of course, automatically off of science, we're going to have a sense of fear. If you don't know something, you're not going to walk into a dark room and think that everything that you're going to have the courage. It's not about courage. It's about stupidity. So you have to learn certain things or relearn what you need to learn so before you go in that room, you will know what you what you face. Um <clears throat> A lot other than that, a lot of the morals I, I agree with the brother that was um from the nation of Islam as far as in our structure of how we sit up and do things as far as as far as on the importance and the validity of our lives and and not only in the how, but first and foremost the why. That covers probably like sixty percent of our lives. Then you go into the how, which is another percentage, and then you go into the what, and then you go into the when and the where is almost the last thing, which is a small amount. But even though you have to learn all of those as far as equally, if you don't, then yeah, you're gonna deal. You're gonna deal with the downfall not only of racism. You're gonna deal with the downfall of only of your own consciousness and what you do as far as morally good and bad, which another thing is taught to us, which is opinion. So it gets real deep as far as when you sit up here and speak about that. I have to deal with the situation with my my own mother. With my own mother that raised me, 
and so had to relearn. It's a courageous situation for you having to deal with. Yes, your mom? most 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 definitely because I mean I I don't really look at it as an accolade as me raising my daughter for seventeen years, you know, really by myself. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably a lot of people to do that, but to come come against as far as my family, not only my family, the government, and they're not used to a black man raising a black girl mm-hmm. and raising her up, and now she's in college now, and now she thanked me, and now my mother thanked me. I had to come against them as far as in this whole culture and everything. So, I mean, my mother, my sister, people befriended me, everything, and now they look at me now and say, thank you, but I had to really fight. I had to fight. I was I was lonely at that time, seriously, because you know what this government is about, racism and things like that. Not only, I mean, this, it really condemns. It's almost like you almost need to get out of this country, but it's racism other places as well. But as far as the morals within a household, to me, that's the most courageous. When you fight in your own blood, that's and the with, most yeah, courageous. Mm-hmm. Especially you if you're you, growing up in that household or you're living in that yeah. household, like if you have to fight your spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you fight your own blood that you have to, that you love mm-hmm. and you want, you want to protect them. Mm-hmm. You want to do things for them. But they come against you because not of belief of what you know. Mm-hmm. And I know how my daughter, my daughter is, is a beautiful man. She, she, her mind is right. But if I didn't sit up here and stand and be that hero, if I didn't, if I wasn't that hero, and she seen me be a strong man, if I, if I made one mistake, yes, I, I have to stand up to it, and, and a lot of men don't do that, okay. and it it, 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 it was hurtful to me at the beginning, and you, you know, Benita, you, you mm-hmm. see my daughter, and, and, and it's just, just my mother and my sister, and I have to do a lot. I have to do years of not talking to, to them, and I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. It hurt me. And I was getting thrown rocks at. Like, oh, he mean and this and that. When they found out the balance and my my daughter is this certain way and she knows about culture, she knows about religion, she knows about the politics, she knows how to be proud of who she is, I had to fight that. It wasn't necessarily about fear of going walking in a dark room. Now, you, you feel what I'm saying? It's, it's about setting up what you know and the courage it, it, everything is easy. It, it sometimes it's hard, especially. I'm gonna be straight with you, and this is the last thing I have to say. You have to fight the zombies in this country, and a lot of them are our own color. A lot in of fact, them in your family, like you said. Exactly. A lot of them are our own color. So, and that's to me, that's courageous when you can sit up there and bring to them the truth. And I, I, I'm, I'm gonna be straight. Up. I'm not religious. I'm not traditional. But I, I don't know for other people, don't, don't look at me in, in a different way. Just accept me for who I am. To be honest, a lot of times that got to be courageous as well. We got to stand up for who we are. But go ahead. I don't want to hold up the lines. Y'all don't, I can come back or whatever. However you want okay, to well, we're going to go to um, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's on the phone. We're going to come to you next. You're on the Conscious Thoughts Thursdays with Benita Asset in Maine, and we are talking about the different courageous actions that you may have had to face to deal with racism or um, just different adversity that you've been fronted with. So, Pennsylvania, you're on the air. What say you? What say you, Warrior? 
Hello? Um, yeah, I'm here. Is this Ashley? It's, yes, it is. Hey, mm-hmm. Ashley, thanks for calling in, my warrior mm-hmm. sister. The reason, um, so I think you were here long enough to hear a couple of the stories. Do you have your own story about facing adversity? My own story? Yeah, ways mm-hmm. that you had to be courageous. And like um, Brother May has said, that when we get into these situations, then we have to take a, um, we make a decision, and then we create a plan, and then we take action on how we're going to handle the situation. And so in those situations, oftentimes we're dealing with some kind of racism or a racist mm-hmm. system, and um, and it takes courage for us to deal with those things. So do you have it a does. story that you would like to share? Okay. Yeah, actually, this was rather recent. Um, uh, what was whatever day it was Columbus Day? Um, I had a coworker, a black girl, say, "Happy Columbus Day, everybody." And I looked at her, and she I realized that she's a bit younger than me. And, um, you know, when they're young, she's young, like 23, 24. You know, when they're kind of like that age, they care, in a sense, about who likes them and what other people mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. to say the about millennial. them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I mm-hmm. noticed that about her. And I let, you know, I realized that she said some things and all that stuff. But when she said that and... Um, the one day, then I think the following day, she said something about all lives matter. And I was like, all right, I'm going to talk to this girl. Let me just talk to this sister and just be like, are you playing when you say something like this? Because, you know, I don't get the whole. And I'm like, I mean, at your age, you should know the whole controversy behind Columbus Day right. and whatnot. So I was able to just talk to her Um about it. And I was like, so what are your thoughts about these things? And she's like, you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, you know, people get killed every day. And we ended up having a conversation about, um, you know, just about like, and I was annoyed that I had to explain it to her, but I guess I had to. Like, how can you not say that black lives don't matter when, you know, you just don't know what can happen to any of us if we get pulled over, for instance, or you see it here at this job. There was a guy that got fired, um, yes, um, recently, probably the day before, um, and they were just on him for no apparent reason. There was no apparent reason for them to be on him because there were people doing the same thing that he did, but and I hate to say it, he was Mm -hmm. black, Mm -hmm. but, you know, if he was going around helping other people and they're like, hey, he needs to be on the phones and stuff, it was he's not helping being on the phones. But then you had Matt do it and it was all good. Matt's just being helpful. And it literally was the same thing. If you did comparisons to everyone's workflow and their scoring, it was the same. So it was like, what is their problem with him that they don't have a, you know, like what's this, what is their problem with him and you have this other guy doing the same exact thing, and they are just justifying it. And that's when you, you know, you don't want to be that type to say, hey, um, you don't want to be that type to be like, oh, well, you know, you black people are being dramatic or just saying it's because it's black. And it's like, but what is the reason, though? Why is he getting treated differently when he's doing the, the same, same exact same. thing? Like, right. you feel like, oh, like once that skin tone is dark and it's like, oh, he's being lazy or, 
you know, he's just being, uh, you know, any type of words that they always think, you know, with that tyrannical and all that stuff. But, you know, and that's what I was like. I mean, I don't know if I come across as a little pro-black or whatnot, but I'm like, these are facts, and these are things that you'll realize as you get older. Because once I was, like, 22, 23, then again, when I was 22, 23, things weren't the way how they were now, but you still saw some racism. And I still didn't think that racism was as definitely not the way how it's been now. And that's only been a short uh, span of time. It hasn't even been that long, really. But you're just thinking, like, damn, a lot changes probably within 10 years. But now it's like I feel like we're back in the Jim Crow days. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I maybe honestly, sis, don't think much has changed since. You know, like yeah. I've um, heard, I remember once listening to a Umar speech and he said, um, basically, we own this particular, like a 1.5% or a point half percent, something like that, of the wealth mm-hmm. immediately after slavery. We still own that same amount. The point that he was making is that nothing has changed. You know, it, it yeah. looks a little bit better because technology has progressed a little bit. Uh-huh. So the crumbs have been thrown our way, and it helps you feel a little bit better. Oh yeah, we have running water in the house, you know, stuff like that. Like, but still, it's it's um as far as our freedoms, it hasn't changed. I'm no. gonna mo- um, move on, sis, if that's agreeable to you. Yeah, right at the conclusion of our um, broadcast and. Lord Brian is still with us, so I want to give him an opportunity to make some last thoughts, and then Maine and I will close it out. Okay. Thank you so much okay. for calling in. Mm-hmm. All right. Lord Brian, if you're still there, please, um, you know, make some last thoughts. Anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, like one thing that that I fight and, and that I am teaching and I'm learning instead of trying to do it big, but birthrights. Okay. Because all this information about – Brothers probably came from America, mm-hmm. and I've been teaching this and, and, and going into it. And, and then the mounds, you know, the great big mound in St. Louis, and trying to teach about birthright. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a brother out of New York that I'm working with, and, you know, we're, we're trying to bring this information because, in reality, only 350 slaves came from Africa to America. Really? I'm not talking to South America, but, yeah, okay. I mean, if you get the numbers, the numbers were 350,000. Because they breached it. Well, what they did is, see, they didn't, they were, where they were mostly, well, because the brothers and sisters was here already. Okay. That's what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. so what I'm saying is they only brought 350,000 mostly men and boys. And I say that because what they found is that they couldn't bring the women over because the women couldn't have kids as often when they made that trip. And they found the same thing when they started taking the, you know, when they emptied all the islands. And you're talking about Columbus, that's what they did. They emptied the islands, and that's where the slave trade was started. But when they took the black tribes out of North Carolina and took them to Jamaica and Haiti, they found the same thing with the women, that the women couldn't have kids. And so, you know, I'm fighting it from this angle. Um, when, when we talk about Angkor Wat and um, Cambodia, mm-hmm. you know, where, and, and then we talk with the Omic, how the Omic went all through California, and nobody asked what happened to those black tribes in California. Because that's what basically was California when the Spanish came in 1538 uh, or something. That's all they found in the whole state of California, going up to Oregon, mm-hmm. were, were those black tribes. And once again, these people were enslaved. They don't talk about the slaves that came from the West. They were enslaved as well. And so this is how I kind of fight it. And, you know, we're uh, just as the Wichita people got all that money from the um, 
um, the Louisiana Purchase. You know, you know, we're finding more and more that that the the, the people that call themselves Indians were the were the younger tr- uh, tribes. But the the older tribes, and if you go to the Library of Congress and you start looking through those books, the older tribes were the black tribes, mm-hmm. for a better word, if that's what you want to call it. And so, you know, that's kind of how I'm fighting it and, and trying to tell the truth of, of who we really are. Now, I don't mind all the people with the African because what, what happened is we apparently went from America to Africa and then they came back. So that, 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 that trip was always open, always open. I mean, you're seeing the same pyramids all o- over America. And like I, I, I say, everyone, especially the people that live near St. Louis, go to that pyramid complex over there. Chakia, I believe it's called. Hmm. You know, this 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 is is what really America is is the mound. You also you also got Monk's Mound at the uh, at the tip of uh, the bottom of Illinois. Oh yeah. We have the what now? Monk Monk's Mound. Yes, yes, yes. And is then that you, over by St. Louis, I think I saw a sister share that with me once. Is that by St. Louis, bro? Yeah, it is by yeah, St. Louis. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, I think we're talking about the same Chakia, I oh, believe, yeah. is what the complex is called. Oh, okay. It's a big pyramid, but it was, but it, it was the biggest complex in the world. They've since destroyed that. And see, that's what America was, was these mounds were everywhere. You know, everywhere you went across America, you found these giant mounds. Okay. And now, you know, now they're talking about the mountains were once, um, like Devil's Mountain, that that might have been a big tree at one time because of what it's made out of. You know, and, and how did these four, you know, how did these things that look like mountains are once trees and, and, and civilization that was able to capture some of that? But that's, you know, that's, you know, because what, like she said, the breeding, what they did is they took the African that came over here and they started breeding them with the sisters and the black tribes. So that's where the breeding took part in trying to take away those birthrights. I was on a radio show earlier, and they were talking about the Freeman's Bureau. One thing the Freeman's Bureau did that hurt us is the three-fourths law that made us Afro-colored, uh, uh, Negro, or black. But those took away our birthrights, and then, they, you know, they made the, the Indian, what's called so the Indian. So all of this knowledge that you're picking up is your way of facing the adversity. It's right. your this, way of this saying. Brother is a, this brother is a warrior scholar. Like, <laughs> right. You know, He's going at it through scholarship. That's why I said this is a personal battle. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever whatever you do, get down how you live, man. Like, uh, just keep that pressure on. Mm-hmm. Like the brother, a few calls back, made some made a lot of valid points. Uh, one was you have to be courageous enough to fight those internal enemies You're or right. that internal that internal enemy in us. You know, the family. Or whoever surrounding us, like you had to fight, you know, just the opinions of, of your uh, of his family just for his daughter. You're gonna have, and, it, and it's a lonely battle. Once you make that decision and start acting on that decision, you you fighting against you know the dominant mindset. It's a lonely battle, but as you continue, you'll see that you're doing you know you're doing the right thing, and that you got help. But you have to make that decision. You have to make those steps. And, you know, like I said, it's an individual battle, you know. Um, I forget what the sister just said, but she she's fighting her. She was just fighting her individual battle. Right. So you know, that's what's up. So just, you know, keep that pressure. Keep that pressure going on every level and, you know, turn up the heat. 
and we can, you know, eventually you can't fight a battle coming from a million directions. So, you know, all we have to do is continue to be courageous and we'll, and we'll win. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of volleyball or those other types of sports where you already have, like soccer, you have somebody in that area. So when the ball comes towards you, you just go ahead and hit it. You don't have, like in volleyball, you don't have all six people running to the ball at the same time. She covers that one area. And so, like, for instance, Lord Bryan and other people who um, have strong intellect can be covering the area of scholarship, like you said. That's why I'm not, that's why why I'm not, like, anti-police or anti-anything. I heard those police, you know, the brothers us. Mm-hmm. Within the law enforcement. Doing that that work. Mm -hmm. I know they're dealing with white supremacy. Mm-hmm. I know they just, you know, executing commands that they pretty much don't want to do. Mm-hmm. We have to, we have to continue, you know, from the inside to work and the outside to put pressure, you know, on that system, on all these systems, the pharmaceutical system, all these systems. Right. Well, brother, I'm ready to close out the show. Um, I have just uh, a few things that I would like to say um, listening to everybody and kind of I have a summary in my head of what I'd like to share based on what I've heard everybody else say. Is that okay with you? And then you can um, follow up and be done. All right. Okay. So, um, of course, you're listening to the POET radio, and this is Benita Osset with Maine on Conscious Thoughts Thursdays. And today we had, as usual, our highly intellectual audience, highly intelligent, coming to us with all of their different areas of expertise and experiences. And some of the things that we heard on tonight's broadcast are um, each and every person dealing with their specifics in adversity or confrontations with racism and how they're handling it. And one thing that was very um, interesting to me to find out tonight that reverberated throughout the call is that all of these are situations that we can probably code under not that bad, like, um, you know, I was thinking that maybe we might have stories about dealing with, like, serious racism. The cop put the gun to my head and, you know, like that really, really scary stuff. And But the point that I'm trying to make is that these things that white folks, they might just look at it like, oh, that's just regular. That's no, that's no big deal. That That's okay. That's a little stuff. And these are very deep, powerful Um, concerning issues for us because that's just how deep racism is. It takes what's regular for most people and turns it into a big serious issue for us as far as from from dealing with things internally within family, dealing with the way we speak and talk, and, and then dealing with stuff on work and dealing with things in the street. So all of that combined has caused us to have to, like Maine said, come up with a decision, a plan, and then to execute an action. Thank you so much, brother, for giving us that gem tonight. I am so thankful to all of our warriors who have um, joined us on the call tonight and helped us to create this live broadcast. I'm um, going to play a song when we go out as soon as Maine has given his last thoughts. Thank you so much, brother. And family, go ahead, man. It's on you. You know what, B? I'm pretty much complete. I think I said it all. 
like I said again, it's a it's an individual battle where you have to peel back those layers of fear, you know, and most of the time, like I said, it takes when you get tired of the situation. And, you know, we're tired of a lot of things right now. So, you know, just keep battling. Just keep, you know, as Sarah Sutton said, said he says, bang on, bang it on the beast in your way. And, you know, we're going to be all right. So, peace all right. everybody. We are going to listen to a song as soon as this YouTube commercial is finished. And I think it's going to be done in like two, one. There we go. Peace out. Thank you so much, family. We love you all. And you can bob out to this song right here as you um, say goodnight. Peace.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.